Hello, ladies and gentlemen, Jesse the Plant is here. Once again, Merry Christmas to everyone watching today. What a blessing of the Lord. Last week we preached this sermon, the most wonderful time of the year, part one. This is part two. I love this series. It's such a blessing of the Lord. And we talked to you about the unconscious obedience of the unbeliever last week. This week, you're going to learn about Jesus' forerunner, John the Baptist. Why would God use John the Baptist as a forerunner of Jesus? You're going to learn something today. Call a friend, tell him to turn that television on. This is part two of the most wonderful time of the year. My God, you're going to be blessed. The anointing of God will come upon you as you watch this today. Watch it and be blessed. God had something else in mind so that Jesus' birth would be proclaimed. He had to have a forerunner. He had to have somebody powerful, someone that would get the world's attention of that day. A boy named John the Baptist. Everything around the birth of Jesus Christ was miraculous. So before I read the scripture, God moved upon a high priest who was in doubt and unbelief. And his name was Zechariah. And they wanted to have a baby, but they couldn't because Elizabeth was past the time of birth, of birthing children. She was past that, you know, past menopause. She didn't pause. She had stopped. All right. But see, God don't care about that kind of stuff. God can do anything he wants, when he wants, where he wants, and how he wants. So God had a forerunner that would come before Jesus to proclaim the gospel and the greatest preacher to ever have lived. He could preach hell so hot you smell smoke around you when you got around John the Baptist. He was totally unique and totally different. He had no miracles in his ministry whatsoever at all. Yet the whole city came out to see him because when this man proclaimed the gospel you knew God was speaking because he was a forerunner and what made him so great we're going to deal with this is that he understood his position let me ask you a question do you understand your position because you see ladies and gentlemen you are forerunners God has put us before Jesus comes back we are his forerunner Think about that. Just like John the Baptist was a forerunner to Christ, me and you are forerunners to his second coming. Somebody shout over that. That's why we should do, why we should have whatever God says we should. So in Luke chapter 1, now reading out the old King James Version, I want to start reading verse 11. There appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. This is Zechariah. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. Notice, God knows your name even before you were born. So in actuality, your mom and daddy didn't pick your name. He just put it in your mom and dad's mind, which you should be called. Watch that. But the angel said in verse 13 again, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. I want you to underline verse 15. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord. He shall be great in the sight of the Lord. Now notice this. John had a responsibility as he grew up and as he became a man, because the angel says, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. So since we are forerunners for the second coming, should we not be drinking? Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Should we be full of the Holy Ghost? See, because you see, if you're full of the Holy Ghost, booze don't fit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. A lot of people doing that today, and they should not, 
because we are the forerunners of the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is coming back, ladies and gentlemen. So we should pro be proclaiming exactly what John proclaimed. Think about that for a minute. Now watch this. For he, sh he shall be great in the sight of the Lord. And I want to go to verse 16. And many of the children of Israel shall be turned to the Lord their God and he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias, which means all of us ought to have an evangelistic thrust in our lives to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared, prepared for the Lord. So I want to deal with this man called John. And I want you to write this down. The angel conveyed through the forerunner the first tidings of the coming gospel. The first person to preach the good news that Jesus would come would actually be John the Baptist. Many people believed in the Messiah, but they never thought in terms of the Son of God. He proclaimed the gospel, the good news. He, he was a forerunner of the message and a forerunner of Christ himself. So we must be a forerunner of the message and a forerunner of Christ himself. You can write that down if you want to put that as an addition to your notes. So the angel con conveyed through the forerunner the f first tidings of the coming gospel. Now, John's greatness was what happened here. What made him great? What made John, John? One word, obedience. Do you obey what the Lord tells you to do? Because a forerunner should obey because your life has already been cut out, already waiting for you to produce what God's already called you to do. So John's greatness was his obedience. Write it down. You as a forerunner must do what God wants all the time and on time. Not only must you do all the time that God says by obeying his word, but you must be on time at the exact time that he tells you to do it. So if God tells you to give $100, you don't argue with that. You say, I'm yours to command, sir. If God says by his stripes you were healed, I don't care how bad you feel. Jesus said you were healed, but I am sick. You don't deal with your sickness. You deal with the truth of the gospel of healing in your life. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So not only must you be an obedient person, you must be on time and any time that God requires something. Amen. Spiritually, physically, financially. When God, I'll use giving, for example. When God tells me to give, you know, sometimes if I wait a while, I won't do it. See, if God tells you to give $1,000, you go, whoa, Jesus, I got to pray about that. Well, you got to pray about it. You, can hear, you heard the voice of the Lord. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. But I know what you're thinking about, your budget. You're thinking about your light bill. You're thinking about your car note. You're thinking about your house note. Ho, ho, what, 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 what has happened is you made yourself your source. That's why you're struggling. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching. <laughs> See, you made yourself the source when God is your source. Ooh, Lord, I'm going to buy this tape myself. Do you see that? See, but if you wait about it and think about it and think about it and think about it, doubt will enter because you see you're not on time and you're not walking in any time. Let me say it again. John's greatness was his obedience. You as a forerunner must do what God wants all the time and on time. So when God tells me to do something, I immediately go do it. Sometimes I don't want to do it. Sometimes I want to argue. Sometimes I want to reason. Come, let us reason together. And a lot of times as you grow older, the Lord, he'll just simply ask you, you don't want to do this? I'll get somebody else. No, I didn't say that, Lord. I just let me think about it a while. That's your problem. You're thinking too long. I've already thought about it. One of the greatest men I ever uh, had the honor of preaching at his church and his ministry was Lester Summerall. I mean, he was a little rough. My brother Summerall was rough as a corn cob. Boy, I'm going to tell you something. He was tough as a nail. He'd just eat your lunch. Anyway, he called one time. He wanted me to come preach his camp meeting. 
Uh, and I'll never forget. And uh, so I'll call, he said, Jesse Duplantis, this is Lester Summerall. That's how he talked. Jesse Duplantis, this is Lester Summerall. I said, hello, brother Summerall. How you doing? He said, I'm doing good. He said, listen, I want you to come preach my camp meeting. I said, well, brother Summerall, praise God. I said, let me look at my calendar and I'll pray about it. He said, I already prayed. <laughs> you think I'd call you when I prayed? Why you got to pray about it? You believe I'm a man of God? I said, yes, I do. Then why are you praying about it? You think I'd call you without praying? And I'm going, I don't know what to say, you know. I said, well, I guess I don't have to. He said, you don't have to. When you coming? I said, well, Brother Summer, I'm looking at my, I'm loaded up. I can't come at the time. He said, God didn't tell me when you were coming. He told me you were just coming. I said, what did you say? He said, God didn't tell me when you was coming. He, was, he just told me you were coming. You see, he was on time at any time. He was already obeying. That's what made him great. He didn't even have a date. It didn't make no difference. God spoke, called just to the planet and tell him to come preach this gospel here. So I said, I, I'll come next year. Good. Have a good time. May the Lord richly bless you. Hung up. And I got to thinking, my Lord, how many times people have done that to me? Brother Jesse, the Lord told me to do something and I want to, what do you think about it? What are you, what are you talking to me for? Why do you want my opinion? Did you hear the voice of God? Yes, I did. Full run. What makes you great? Your obedience. You know why I'm a blessed man financially? Because I'm a tither. I'm a giver. I obey. Sometimes I don't want to obey. Don't shout me down. You don't want to obey neither. Sometimes you just don't want to do it. I mean, my guy in marriage that works, but sometimes Kathy don't want to do what I say. I said, we're going to have an argument today. And then sometimes she said, you don't want to do what I'm telling you. And she said, we're going to have an argument today. But you know, if I would say, yes, dear, I'm yours to command. And if she say, yes, sir, you my Abraham. <laughs> Listen, it's my sermon. I'm preaching this thing. I wasn't supposed to be here this morning. But if that happens and obedience gets involved in this situation, miracles takes place. Something happens. So what made John the Baptist great was his obedience. Let me say it again. You as a forerunner must do what God wants all the time. Say, I will do what God wants all the time and on time. See, all the time and on time. You see, because that's very, very important in your life that you do all the time and on time. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's what made him great. Now, he didn't look the part, sure didn't look like a preacher. I mean, he sure, he didn't dress up and he, I don't think he ever wore one of these ties. Glenn, I don't think, hey, you know, you, me and you look a lot better than John did. And he ate some, he could have been a Cajun because he eat anything. But he had a message. And he was looking for the messenger. And he heard the voice of the Lord when Jesus came. I'm getting ahead of myself right here. My God, behold, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. So there were two people at that baptism that pleased God. That was John and Jesus. And they were cousins. Or like we say in French, cousin. You see what I'm saying? Write this down. Greatness in God's sight is more useful, more lasting and is within reach of all. How many of you want to be great? You're already great in God's eyes. You're already blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed going in, blessed going, going out in God's eyes. You're already healed from the top of your head to the soles of your feet in God's eyes. See, if you start seeing yourself the way God sees you, you're going to really be a great forerunner. Notice that Jesus had these certain characters. Now he was using, a, he used an unbeliever to get Jesus to be born in, in Bethlehem, but he used a Jewish, a forerunner 
to proclaim his message. Israel should have proclaimed the Messiah's message. Why? Because he came, he chose them. So think about that for a minute. Greatness in God's sight is more useful, more lasting, and is within reach of all. That's why I don't let people tell me I can't do something. That's why I'm useful. That's why I'm lasting. See, I'm growing older, but I'm not aging. Well, y'all don't believe that over here, so I'm going to come over here and say that. I'm growing older, but I'm not aging. <laughs> Help me out here. And if you're lying, just repent a little bit here, praise God. So when you understand that, see, see I know my job. That's why I'm never changed. Some of you ministers, you know, you couldn't get enough booking meetings, so you decided to change yourself and, and you didn't let God change you. Now, God does change ministries, but it's very seldom. Why? Because you see, he says, my covenant will not break nor alter the thing that goes out of my lips. When he calls you to do something, he calls you. But he may call you to do something in a way you never thought you would do. You follow what I'm saying? First thing first, I never thought I'd ever preach the gospel because I felt I was not qualified. Because I hadn't been to Bible school. Now, I, I mean, I, I, I'm an honor, I have a doctorate degree. I mean, I, I, I did all the Rhema courses. I did all the Berean school of the Bible. I did all that kind of stuff, you know what I'm saying? But I'm talking about actually going to a Bible college or a university. I didn't. But because of my work and because I've never changed, and people say that about me all the time. Brother Jesse, reason why we have you every year, you never change because we never know what you're going to do. Why? I know in whom I believe. I ain't got to question myself. I know in whom I have believed and I'm persuaded. And when you're persuaded, you are a forerunner that's going to preach a message and produce the messenger. So greatness in God's sight is more useful. You have to be useful and more lasting so you don't get old with the gospel. And is within reach of all. So I, will, I want everybody to look at me right now. All of you, including your kids, are great. Forerunners of the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. My, my God. That's why I preach so much. Write this down. You see, I was prepared, write this down, preparedness for the best things is rare. Write it down. See, John was prepared for the best things. Preparedness for the best things is rare because we do not realize they need to be prepared for. What did you prepare for today? Preparedness for the best things is rare. Hmm. Because we do not realize they need to be prepared for. I was watching the kids. I had just got in and I, and I got to hear the song of the children. They were prepared. Did you see that little black girl with the white dress? <laughs> she just enjoyed it. Then you, I think it was Grace and Jonathan Malawi's daughter, the one who was holding the microphone. Am I right in that? Yeah, she's just sitting there going. And I thought to myself, I bet Grace is going, that's my girl. That's mine. That's mine right there. They were prepared. Who prepared them? Erica Jackson, right? Who prepared John the Baptist? God the Father. Who prepared you? Jesus Christ. Who's with you? The Holy Spirit. You see, so let me say it again. Preparedness for the best things is rare because we do not realize they need to be prepared for. See, John the Baptist, he was in that wilderness. You think because he just liked the hotness of it? You think he just liked being in a hot area in the sandy, eating a locust and wild honey? No, he was prepared. What did Paul do when he went to the ministry? He went into the Arabian desert. What was he doing? Preparing himself. See, a lot of people, they don't realize that preparedness is very rare. They just want to jump, leap, and go, I'm called to preach. Really? But have you been chosen? 
Ah, that's a vast difference. See, that's what it means to be a forerunner. That's why Covenant Church exists today. I knew there would be great persecution come against me. Why? Because what I'm preaching, what I'm telling you to believe is unbelievable, impossible, but doable. I'm your messenger. Amen. When Gabriel told Zacharias, y'all gonna have a whoa, whoa, Elizabeth, whoa, wait. They were honorable people. You're honorable people. That's not the issue. You are honorable. But wait a minute, man. You're asking me to believe something unbelievable. Whoa. Then he goes to Mary. My God. He said, you found favor. Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm going to deal with Mary at the end. Lord, Mary is a wonderful person. Lord, gee. Hey, you don't want to miss this. You don't want to miss any of these Sundays coming up. Because, see, it's the most wonderful time of the year. See what I'm saying? See, we're preparing now to celebrate Jesus' birthday on December 25th. You see what I'm saying? So when you understand what's happening there, I mean, you look at it, he's, he's preparing. What's going on here? Something is about ready to take place. You are a candidate for a miracle. And you're going to get yours. Glory to God. Why not? Why not believe? Why not believe? What you got to lose? But your trouble. Do you see that? But God was preparing, preparing, preparing. So when you understand, let me say it again, preparedness for the best things is rare because we do not realize they need to be prepared for. Write this now. When you, you notice I cut something off a while ago. I was going to tell you something and I changed it. You, did you notice that? I was about ready to say that. There's a reason for that. I'll, I'll get to it after a while. When you speak what you believe, write it down. When you speak what you believe, did John spoke? Did he speak what he believed? When you speak what you believe, an influence comes forth from you. When you speak what you believe, an influence comes forth from you. If you say nothing, faith is lost and the ear becomes silent. I knew when I built this church, great trouble, because I would preach a gospel that would cause you to be debt free cause you to get 90 years old and you're still healthy. You're still walking. You're still doing whatever you want to do. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, John the Baptist spoke what he believed. Think about all the influence he had. How'd you like an angel to say he'll be great? How, how would you like it when you were born that God would say, this is going to be a great man. This is going to be a great woman. See, God made you a forerunner too. He placed you in this generation before the second coming of Jesus. I believe Jesus is coming in our lifetime. So we, I believe we're his forerunner, just like John was. And we should have influence. And influence ought to be coming out of you by who Christ is inside of you. So how do you prepare for the return of the Lord? Obedience, just simply love him every day, praise him every day, not just Sunday, every day. What made John the Baptist so great in the sight of the Lord? What made it? His obedience. It's better to obey than to sacrifice. Now, we know a lot about sacrifice, but we don't know much about obedience. Isn't that the truth? Boy, I tell you, people say, oh, they're beating my brain. They think that they're trying to do God a favor, I guess. No, we know a lot about it, but God said, if you just obey me, you'll bypass half this junk that the church world said you got to go through. See, that's what God is looking for in all of us. Greatness, listen to me, is within your reach. Oh, yes, it is. I'm telling you, it is with you. When God created you, he said, what is man that thou art mindful of him? The son of man that thou visited him. That's talking about somebody with greatness in them. Jesus and you. 
Boy, I'm starting to preach here. I can't help myself because it's the most wonderful time of the year. I like to let the love of God flow out of my spirit, just not on the Christmas holidays or Thanksgiving holidays, but every day. You understand? And it's just such a blessing. People say, why do you smile so much? Well, bless God, I, know my, I knew my beginning and I know my ending. Kathy's coming right now with some great, glorious moments. I love this segment in our television program where Kathy reads testimony. It's such a blessing. Stay right there after she finishes. I'll be back with another word. Watch. Hello and welcome to Glorious Moments. This testimony blessed me so much, I wanted to share it with you on today's broadcast. Last night during the altar call, Jesse said a man was getting a truck completely paid for. My husband has been driving the same diesel Ford 250 for 20 years and it has over 400,000 miles on it. This morning he walked into work and his boss said they had just ordered him a brand new truck to use as his own. He can take it home every night and stop putting wear and tear on his poor old truck. Gas and insurance are covered as well. My husband called me and told me and I was so happy for him. I said, remember last night before and before I could say another word, he said, Jesse said there was a man who was going to get a brand new truck that was paid for. God is so good. She goes on to say, she says, uh, we have loved Jesse and his wife since they came to our church in Texas 25 years ago. I'm a Cajun girl who married a hardworking man in the oil and gas industry. So we have lived along the coast from Texas to Mississippi. I lost my daddy when he was about, when he was 51 and he loved the Lord. When I listen to Jesse speak about God, it's like listening to my dad again. Jesse has blessed my life in so many ways. You know, Jesse and I are so grateful to God for our partners that have been sending us to preach the gospel to people all over the world since 1976. Romans 10, verse 14 through 15 says, How then can they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? Thank you, partners. Together we are reaching people and changing lives one soul at a time. God bless you. Get fired up with who you really are and take the time to get in His presence and be filled with His glory. God has opened up the door, girls, and we need to walk through it. Kathy Duplantis' Glorious, a conference for women. Register online at jdm.org. Are you ready to experience the Christmas story like never before? In his book, The Most Wonderful Time of the Year, Jesse Duplantis delivers an insightful, fresh look at the manger and beyond. You'll be inspired to have a higher life of faith as he explores the mysterious ways God moves. Get ready to elevate your character with the characters of Christmas. The Most Wonderful Time of the Year. Uncommon lessons from the Christmas story. Order your copy at JDM.org today. I'm so excited about this month's product offer. I wrote this book. It's such a blessing. And it's based on the series of what you're seeing is based on this book. It will bless you and minister greatly to you. It's entitled The Most Wonderful Time of the Year. People are really enjoying it. It would make a wonderful Christmas gift. I had some people say, you know, I didn't know that about Christmas. Well, I'll tell you what, you need to get this book because just a limited time on television, we can't talk about it all, but you can read it all. How do you get it? Go to our website, jdm.org 
for all the order information and you will get it. It will bless you. Partners, thank you for allowing me to preach this gospel literally all over the world. Your faithful financial partnership has been so vitally important in reaching people, changing lives one soul at a time. And I don't take that lightly. I will not be lazy with your seed. People say, man, that man has some energy for his age. Well, you know why? You send me. Somebody said, I wanted to go but couldn't, but you sent me, and when you sent me, you sent yourself. And I, I, I sense my partners around me all the time when I'm out all over the world preaching this gospel, and it's just such a blessing. Think about that for a minute. Reaching people that you may never physically meet in this life, but because of your faithful financial support, we got them born again, saved, healed, got them out of depression, despondency, discouragement. <laughs> Woo, they're going to heaven. And why? Because of you. All I did was preach this glorious gospel, and you sent me there. Isn't that amazing? we got many projects on our board. People are, I mean, people all the time say, do this, do that. And, you know, people say, why don't you take a break? I don't even take vacations because I, I, I just don't. There's so much work to be done. Nothing wrong with vacations. You know, Kathy said, can we have a few days off? I said, okay, and I give her one day or two days, and we back at it again. It's just such a blessing of the Lord. I thank you, partners, for all you've done doing and going to do and tell your friends about this ministry i promise you they'll enjoy it will bring happiness and joy in their life because this book is a happy book people say oh no it's rough no 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 when you don't understand what's going on here when you finally get it it becomes a wonderful time of the year all the time don't miss next week we got part three of the most wonderful time of the year coming thank you do you realize that God wants you to thrive, prosper, and achieve everything He's called you to do? Well, in my book, Suited for Success, I'm going to show you how to be fully equipped with all the essentials that you need to live a victorious and prosperous life. Your victory has already been settled. You can and will accomplish every dream God put in your heart. Suited for Success. Order your copy at JDM.org today. For our December partner offer, we have a great message. Listen to this. The idea of God needs to be altered. See, the Bible said that the Word was made flesh. We've been taught our flesh is bad. Well, if it's so bad, why was God made flesh? This message is going to show you a whole different view of God. And that's going to give you a different view of yourself. Go to JDM.org to order your copy today. Australia, we've been to Europe, just preaching the gospel everywhere, just, just going all over, preaching the gospel. Jesus! And how can they hear lest they have a preacher? with voices and people like me and you. That's why I'm on television all the time. That's why I'm trying to get as much television time as I can. Not so many more people can see who I am, but I am interested in building God's kingdom to such a degree that the world will see who he really is. Come on, it's time.
where is he who is the king of the Jews? Because we've seen his star. Notice it had nothing to do with their faith. It had to do with what they saw. They saw a star. Why is that star there? They wanted to know that. There must be something else other than the movement of the universe.